Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will begin a new Palm Sunday message, which is titled, Bear Fruit Reflection. This message will allow us to reflect on the Bear Fruit series so far as we head into this very important Easter season. The primary text for this message will be John 12. So if you have your Bibles, please turn them to the Gospel of John right now as we join in with Pastor Chuck. As many of you know, we've been in a series uh, for this entire year called uh, Bear Fruit. Uh, The Lord has um, released to us uh, this statement, this word uh, to go forth and bear much fruit. And so we've been looking at different areas by which we can bear fruit. One, where it starts, where this started, Matthew 3, verse 8, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. The Lord has saved us. He set us free. We're turning from our wicked ways and we're seeking him. We're pursuing the kingdom of God. We're seeking uh, the kingdom of God in all its righteousness. Uh, So we want to make sure that we're staying uh, um, in a posture that is bearing fruit in keeping with repentance. We also looked at bearing fruit in keeping with righteousness, bearing fruit in keeping with reconciliation. What does it look like to be a minister of reconciliation? And we've been stuck in this sub-series of the overall series called Bearing Fruit in Keeping with a Renewed Mind. And so we're going to do that. And I'm going to call this the Easter edition part of it. So there's 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 three parts to this that we'll look at bear fruit uh, in keeping with uh, Easter. We'll just call it that way. And so today what we're going to look at specifically is bearing fruit in keeping with reflection. And so this is very important for us. Why is this important? Because we are now uh, in in. Uh, what's known as Palm Sunday. This was the week before Jesus died, uh, was buried, uh, and rose again for us. And so we want to look at uh, what led up to this point. Why is this so important for us as believers? This is very essential to our faith. And so we want to take a look at that. And so this is also, family, listen, this is also helping us to bear fruit with a renewed mind. This is very helpful for us to be able to bear fruit and keeping with a renewed mind. And so as we've been looking more closely at what it means to bear fruit and keeping with a renewed mind, I want to point us to another action step or a divine strategy that will aid us into doing this. Uh, And keeping step and in partnership with the Holy Spirit as he leads and guides us on this effort. We want to see out of this uh, what it will do for us in keeping us with a mind that has stayed on him. A renewed mind that keeps us in his perfect peace and a renewed mind that keeps us doing his will here in the earth. And so this action step or divine strategy, as you heard me mention in the title, is to reflect to think on the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for us. And we're looking at specifically this great gift of salvation and the moment that it began to start and when it culminated uh, on Resurrection Sunday. And so to reflect means simply this. It means a thought occurring in consideration or meditation. It's a thought occurring in consideration or meditation. If you've been tracking with us through our Bible study series, you've come across this in spiritual disciplines for the Christian life where we talked about what meditation looks like. It just simply means to focus on God through his holy word, 
to know, but to, as, as y'all know, my favorite verse has become in this season, 2 Peter 3, verse 18, to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what Psalm 1 tells us, that we meditate on his law. A righteous man will meditate on his law day and night, that we would have this, this constant intentional consideration of him, who he is, and what he has done for us. It's also defined, defined as a calm, lengthy intent consideration. That means we have some action that we are actively pursuing this, that this is something that we hold in high regard and esteem and high value. And so let me bring in Hebrews chapter 12 to add a little bit more clarity to it. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely or that easily besets us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. For the joy who was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, consider him, reflect on him, think on him, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. A divine strategy, if you will, that comes straight from the throne of grace, that comes from the author and the perfecter of our faith is to consider him, to reflect on him. That's an action step that he causes us to do and calls us to do on a moment by moment, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year basis. And so this has immense importance for us as believers as we continue to seek on how to bear, to go forth and bear much fruit in general, but specifically for this subset series of the overall series we've been doing to be able to bear fruit in keeping with a renewed mind. So for today, I want us to continue to consider him again. And that him is Jesus Christ, our Lord, the author, again, the author and perfecter of our faith. And we want to build off this for this week as we prepare for Resurrection Sunday. And hey, family, Resurrection Sunday is important for us every single week. Every single week, we're celebrating the resurrection. Every day, we should be celebrating the resurrection. It has that much importance. It is so essential to our faith. And that's why we call our gatherings, whether it's online or whether it's in person, that's why we call them celebration services, because we are celebrating the faithfulness of our God. We're celebrating his grace in our lives, his mercy in our life, and that the steadfast love of our great and mighty God, it never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And this is what we celebrate. We consider him, we look to him, and we think on him as often as we possibly can. And so as we gather here this morning, we're going to set our hearts and minds to remember together as a family the horror and injustice that led to the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. These events are all true. It involved real people like you and me. And it serves to tell us God's story, the true story of the whole entire world. Our time of reflection today is meant to strike a somber chord in order to help us understand the gravity of this significant event in our world's history and to more fully come to know the depths of his love for each and every one of us, for all of mankind. And I mean all of mankind, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. 
For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. For in this chapter that we're going to look at in John chapter 12 of God's story, it looks as though all hope is lost. So much so that the crowds who followed him just one week before, one week before, which is now what we consider now on our calendars as Palm Sunday, they were cheering him on this week. And on next week, they would be jeering him. And so this is important for us to know and understand. This is vital for us to even add more insult to injury, injury. His closest followers, his disciples would scatter away in fear and end up being in a hopeless posture. And Jesus is soon to be left all alone. His followers, his friends and even his father would eventually all turn away from him. When his father turned away, it could be it could be considered as abandonment at its highest. When your friends, your followers and the closest loved one to you, his heavenly father turned away from him in this moment. You see, family, we're going to start off in John chapter 12. This talks about Jesus when he uh, entered into Jerusalem and he was going into the holy city and he came in and he was riding on a on a donkey. And it was a symbol in this moment when kings would go into battle. They would ride on these these stallions, if you will, these these beautiful, strong white horses. And it would show that the king is coming in. He's coming in a battle. But when he was coming in a spirit of humility and peace, he would ride on a donkey. And so here it is in this beautiful moment that we see our Lord and Savior ushering in his kingdom in this way, pronouncing his kingdom in this way. We see on the other side, the, the, the ones that are mocking him, the king at this moment, he's coming in and, and, and he had just come in. And what they would do is they would make a mockery of the Jews and they would have their own parade. The naysayers, those that weren't followers of Jesus, those that weren't following the kingdom, had nothing to do with Christianity. They didn't want anything to do with that. They were making a mockery of the Jews and how the Jews would prepare in this season and how they were going up for their festival at this time. And so they would have a mock parade as well, mocking them. And so Jesus, in like manner, flips it on his head. He's not mocking them in a way, but he's actually showing them, oh, no, 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 no. I'm the true and living king. I'm going to show you how this is supposed to be done, how this is supposed to be done. So as you're riding in high and mighty on your stallion, a horse, I'm going to come in with humility. I'm going to come in with grace. I'm going to come in with a spirit of peace. And so his triumphal uh, entry into Jerusalem is where we're going to begin our story here in John chapter 12. And this is the Apostle John's account of Palm Sunday. From what we learned on last uh, uh, gathering uh, uh, last year, uh, when we looked at this a bit more closely and what started, listen, what started in triumph would end up in tragedy, or at least it seemed that way in the moment. Listen, his triumphal entry for our redemption on this day would culminate with his triumphant exit by way of his resurrection just a few short days later. His triumphal entry for our redemption would culminate with his triumphant exit by way of his resurrection. So if you had John chapter 12, pick me up in verse 12 of John chapter 12. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, 
Hosanna, I want you to see my, my towel today is considered just like a, a palm branch. Uh, and they say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, King of Israel. And they start waving it and they're showering him with praise. They're acknowledging him that he is the king. He's going to be the one who's going to restore all things. He's going to advance his kingdom. He's going to defeat this kingdom that currently exists in the earth. And he's going to bring his eternal kingdom. So he's taking their palm branches and they're crying out, Hosanna! And they're saying with such joy, with such vigor, with such excitement, with such peace, with such conviction, with such confidence that that is who he is. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it was written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's coat. Listen, family. Hosanna, this name means, it's actually um, considered a prayer. Save now, we pray. Save us, we pray. So when they're crying out, Hosanna, they're, they're calling the name of Jesus, yes. But it's also translated uh, in the original language as uh, uh, save us, we pray. Now pick me up in verse 16. Verse 16. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, listen, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. It is written. Verse 16, my family, as scholars say, theologians report to us, it is a parenthetical verse by the author. You know, sometimes you read a sentence uh, in a book or something, and in parentheses, they have some additional information. So verse 16, scholars say, serves as a parenthetical verse by the author himself that points us to a very familiar yet powerful statement that Jesus would consistently communicate back then and communicates to us now. And that statement is this. It is written. Jesus said in Luke 24, he said, hey, the law of Moses, the prophets in the psalm, they all testify about me. Even when he defeated the enemy, he said, listen, Satan, it is written. And the method that Jesus communicated on how he would be glorified is that he would have to be lifted up, but not in the way that most would assume lifted up means. Let's continue on in his story to gain a deeper and more full understanding of what Jesus meant. Flow down to John uh, chapter 12, verse 23 and verse 23 reads, and Jesus answered them. The hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. Truly, truly. Whenever Jesus says truly, truly, he's drawing emphasis to this. Truly, truly, I say to you. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Family, listen, listen, he's calling us to be living sacrifices. And so as we look at this overall annual uh, series that we've been in called Go Forth and Bear Much Fruit, here Jesus is talking about this. And understand the language here. This in that particular day, this is an agricultural society. And so this is important, right? This, this language that you'll see all throughout scripture of bearing fruit is important for us. So we are to check what we are producing. What is your produce? And Jesus is setting this up. Verse 25, whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world, listen, be very clear. Whoever loves his life 
loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. The father, excuse me, the father will honor him. Verse 27, now is my soul trouble. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Before this purpose, watch, this is what we're reflecting on. Why he came. Before this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, verse 28, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. Verse 29, the crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Verse 30, Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. Verse 32, and I, when I am lifted up, from the earth, I will draw all people unto myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. We used to sing this church song, this old hymn uh, uh, in, in the old Baptist church, lift him up. He said, and now if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Lift him up, lift the Savior up, lift him up. The sopranos go, lift him up. Then the tenors come, lift him up. From he speaks from eternity. And if I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men unto me. And that's what Jesus is saying. He said, when I be lifted up, how would he be lifted up? He would be lifted up on that cross for us. Let me, let me ask you the question. Do we have any areas in our lives, any areas where you have, or maybe you're currently denying who Jesus is. You're turning your back on him. You're, you're, you're leaving him. You're not giving him full access to this area of your life. Maybe you're denying him before your family. Maybe you're denying him before your coworkers. Maybe your employees, if you're a business owner. Maybe your employer. Maybe your other coworkers, as I mentioned. Maybe for some of you, some of you college students that may be watching, maybe you're denying him in front of your classmates. Maybe from you high school students or middle school students that may be watching in this moment, maybe you're denying him in front of your classmates, your teachers, your coaches. What about in our finances and events that we attend that's outside of the walls of the church? Because, you know, we can we can make ourselves look very good. We can put on makeup for the church. But outside of the church, we live lives that are totally opposite of the way we act and conduct ourselves in the walls of the church. Maybe how are you living within your community? Proverbs says, Proverbs 22 and 1, a, a classic verse that is tattooed in the soul of my being. Um, the Lord says, um, a good name is better to have than riches. It's something that I've taught my sons. Is that true of you in your community? Have you denied him and turned your back? Are you one way when you're with the saints and you're another way when you're with the stains? Are you one way when you're with the saints, the one who are striving to live for God and to love Jesus and to serve Jesus, that they recognize that it is Jesus that they live and they move and they have, by their, have their being, or are you doing a whole nother, a, a complete 180, something totally different with the stains? Those that who ain't studying Jesus, ain't think about Jesus, don't want no Jesus, all they want is the things of this world. You got the saints that want God's word and you got the stains 
who wants this world. Are you living two different lives? You got two different identities. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck finishes up this message entitled Bear Fruit Reflection. Mm-hmm.